This is Sarah Jakes Roberts, and you are listening to the Woman Evolve podcast. I want to encourage you to follow us on social media, on Instagram and Facebook, where you can stay in the know about all of the latest Woman Evolve releases, from clothing to podcasts, events, and so much more. You do not want to miss the movement of women evolving together. God can't bless who you pretend to be or who you compare yourself to. He can only bless you and the lane that was created for you. I feel that for somebody. You don't need no edge entity. You need boundaries. What? I don't need your likes. I don't need your validation. All I need is a God fighting for me that says all things, all things, all things. They trying to keep us apart. It's been a week too long, but it is time for us to reconvene. The Woman Evolve delegation is coming at you live for our weekly podcast. We will be covering hot topics, advice, and even giving a word of inspiration before we depart. Last week, our episode ran a little bit long, but let's see what we're going to do this week. I just want you to know that I am not being joined by myself. I have a bevy, if you will, a Facebook co-host that join me each and every week, tuning in from literally all over the world. And yes, it is important to me that you know this because these are my girls. And I just want you to know, the devil tried to keep us apart. The internet tried to tell me that we wasn't going to have no woman evolved delegation. I had to tell the devil, you don't know my life. You don't know my schedule. You don't run my calendar. Sometimes you got to let the devil know you don't run my life. Anywho, me and my co-hosts are back together. And I just want you to know, I've got Crystal with me from Charleston, South Carolina. I've got Tania. Oh, hey, child. I see my girl who always gets me because, oh, listen, honey, they're they're loving the hair today. I want you to know that she has on a She's Happy Hair wig. I got this from DFW. Um, let me tell you the story. I was at MegaFest. My luggage got lost. I had at least six wigs in that suitcase. And so I had to go scouting about the streets of Dallas and the Lord blessed me. I cut my own wigs. Does anyone else have that problem? where they think that they can do all things through Christ, even things that Christ probably has someone else capable of doing. That's what I want to know. Hey, Gina from Fredericksburg, Virginia. How are you? Listen, they tried to keep us apart, but we cannot be held down. They know we got some tea to drink. I see Donna's watching from Delaware. I see Teresa from Maryland. Hey, Janice, she's in the Bronx, New York. Is that the boogie down Bronx? Can I get a pass? Am I allowed to say it if I'm not from there? I see Michigan in the building. Come on, international. I always get in trouble because my international audience lets me know that I call out so many people from America, but I need to know, do I have any international Facebook co-hosts in the building? I know London is in the room. What's up, child? Hmm? How are you? What have you been up to? Are you drinking your water? Are you staying moisturized? Are you keeping your nerves in check? As I ask from time to time, do you have a perm on your attitude, child? Is it relaxed? That's what I want to know. Are you relaxed? Listen, I have been living my very best life. 
This weekend, my husband was in Los Angeles with two of our daughters, and I was here in Denver with four of our children. That's right. I don't know if you knew this or not, but we are a blended family of six children. And listen, every day is an adventure in our household. But you know what? I decided to, instead of allowing the adventure to come to me, that I would take the adventure to my children. See, sometimes you got to switch it up. Because if you don't switch it up, these kids will... Ghana's in the building. What's up? If you don't switch it up, these kids will have you out here going crazy. But you know what? I made a plan. The moment I knew that it was going to be me with the kids, I said, listen, boys, we're going to go to Dave & Buster's. We're going to go to the Mall Kinsey. We're going to go to a little fun center adventure. It's going to be an incredible time. We're going to run this city wild. You know why? Because I wanted to wear them down. Because I knew... That if I could wear them down when I got home, they would leave me alone so that I could just be twirling around in my bathroom trying on different wigs. I would have never discovered the the joy of this wig. I, I parted it. I curled it. I trimmed it. I put some layers in it, child. I don't know if they're actual layers. They just might just be laid because I don't really know what I'm doing. But anywho, I got to spend some time with me. And nothing makes me feel amazing like spending some time with myself. See? And when I spend time with myself, I'm better for everyone else. Okay? And all I'm trying to do is live my best life for everyone around me. And that means that there are moments where I have to take to myself. So listen, anywho, I um, spent time with the kids. We went to church on Sunday. We went out to dinner. And, you know, some things really dawned on me. I'm going to talk about it in the snack. But I received a word from the Lord this weekend that I want to share with you. Genesis, I love this week. Thank you. Thank you, honey. Thank you very much. See, if you're listening on the podcast, you can't see how the Lord is blessing me. It looks as if there is some type of Indian in my family. Mm -mm, I bought this. It looks like it's coming straight from the scalp. Every time I get ready to try and get a sew-in and just think to myself, you know what, I want to get a sew-in or I just want to let my hair. See, I don't really be letting my hair out because I like to work out. And the way my hair is set up, when I work out and sweat happens down in the roots, things happen to me, okay? So anyways, I keeps me a good wig, a good wig, a Holy Ghost wig. And this wig is saved. This wig right here, I mean, it takes communion. It serves on the usher board. This wig that I have on my head on today, you have to listen. You may not be able to, but I want you to go onto the Facebook Live after you listen to this podcast and see how the Lord is blessing us on today. Anywho, child, let me see. So, oh, and I worked out for the first time today. You know what? I was supposed to work out yesterday, but you know what I decided? No. No. I'm not going to. And sometimes that's what you have to do. You have to tell yourself, I'm not going to. I I was tired. I just now started feeling my help was coming. And the last thing I'm going to do is take the help, the help I just received and hand it over to Orange Theory. I said, you're going to have to wait for me. And they was like, all right, play yourself if you want to. Because when I got to that good old theory of Orange on today... They tried to kill me. I am a living testimony. You don't even understand. The fact that you can hear my voice today is a sign that he is still in the business of doing miracles because there is no reason why I should still be standing. They tried to take me out today. Bunch of old running, bunch of old planking, bunch of old rowing. I ain't even come here for all of that. You know, like spread this stuff out a little bit. You know, like you you want me to run 
like kind of hard for 30 seconds and then really hard for a minute and then stop and do burpees for 90 seconds and then run kind of hard for a minute. No, mm-mm. I mean, I did it, but I didn't want to. And so that's all right. Imani says, I toured Orange Theory and put your name down as my referral. It's intense. Chow. If you don't know what Orange Theory is, Orange Theory is orange like hell because they want you to live right. And so it's like you go to visit hell for about 53 minutes and it just makes you live right for the rest of the day. It's a, a fitness situation. I don't even want to call it a workout. It's a fitness situation that you just go to if you're like me and you're kind of crazy and you want to test the limits on what's possible for you. And so I go to Orange Theory because because I have that problem that I believe that I can do all things. And when I walk into Orange Theory, I say to myself, girl, you could have been in the Olympics if you wanted to. When I walk into Orange Theory, I say, girl, you could have been a world-class athlete. You about to kill Orange Theory. You about to take Orange Theory to another level. You are Orange Theory, what they think, what they thought. And then and then about 27 minutes in, it never fails, about 27 minutes in, I start to question why I would pay someone to beat me up. I'm paying you for this. And so I had to get my life together. But I went. Shana says, hello, family. I have an appointment to visit Orange Theory next week. Where I, in my city, the first class is free. I don't know if that's your testimony in your city, in your city, but I just want you to know, you know, if it is, go on and try it, you know, and put my name down so they can give me some points so I can get me a t-shirt and a towel and stuff, okay? Anywho, so listen, that's where I am. That's what I'm doing with my life, okay? I'm just out here just centering myself, okay? I know a couple weeks ago I told you guys I spoke like four days in a row, and then I had two days off, and I spoke a few more days in a row. And so, you know, it's beautiful when you get to pour all of those seeds into the world and you get to witness people's lives being changed and the stretch and the growth that comes is as a part of your anointing, just being um, magnified in different areas, but it's also exhausting. How many of you know testimony service time, huh? Testimony time. How many of you all know that growth takes work? How many of you all know that growth has responsibility attached to it. And if you are not stretching yourself, then I don't know if you're growing, but you ought to be waking up every day doing something that shocks you, that makes you believe that I would have never been capable of doing this, of being this mature, of being this wise, of being this strategic a year ago. But because I was forced to be in a situation where I had to stretch, now strategy is my norm. Now trusting God has been my norm. And so, ciao. That's the season I was in. And I just finally feel like after pouring out, I am doing the things that pour back into me, which is not Orange Theory. All right, child, it's time to rescue some folks. Do you have the helicopter? I'm listening. I'm listening for the helicopter. I do not hear it circling. I think y'all gonna rescue every... First of all, I just want to thank the world for minding your business this week. It was very hard for me to find some people to rescue. That means that for the most part, we're out here being considerate. We're out here being empathetic. We're out here thinking before we post. We're out here thinking before we speak. Now, I am going to say that there are some people I will never rescue. Chad, I try to stay out of politics because I don't know enough and and amen, all right? And there are some other things that I just stay away from because that's not my ministry. I don't know anything about that. And some things I can't defend. I'm not there yet. But I do try to interject a few 
you know, stories that I think we can all come together and just agree on rescuing, or perhaps we can challenge one another to rescue. I don't know if you guys heard the podcast last week, but I've got this new thing where I am actually posting a blog with the story so that you can keep up with everyone we are rescuing or giving props to. That's right. You can go to womanevolve.com slash podcast and you can find this week's podcast stories. That way you don't have to go to Google and and try and find the things that we're going to be covering. Having said that, it's rescue time in the sanctuary. Ah. Helicopters, present, floaties in the building. Let's go. All right, my first rescue for this week is a story that I think that we may or may not have seen. It was on social media, and it is one that I think is worthy of discussing because it just shows that Mind Your Business Ministries is not as international as we thought it was. That's right. There are still a few folks in need of Mind Your Business Ministries missionary work. Who We need, can I recruit some missionaries for Mind Your Business Ministries. If you believe that you can help people to begin to mind their business and to just understand the gospel in a whole new way, the gospel of minding your business, I want you all to consider, please, please consider being a missionary. All right, helicopters, we are circling for Marjorie Harvey. Are you all familiar with this story? Recently, Marjorie Harvey planned a trip back home. And while she's planning a trip back home and allowing us the opportunity to access, you know, some of her roots and to see where she came from, she received some troubling comments from a few people. And some of those comments suggested that she was not taking care of her family. The commenters called out Marjorie's shoes, which appear to be a pair of Gucci slippers. But I just want y'all to know that Target got some knockoff Gucci. Oh, child, Target has been in the business and knocking things off. Hold on, pause. I just realized because, you know, Burberry is suing Target because we found that out last week. But I sure enough did not want to buy no Gucci slippers. And so I went to Target and saw some very similar child. Child, I need y'all to edit that part out the podcast because I don't need Target to get no more lawsuits from nobody else. But anywho, she had on some slippers that appeared to be Gucci, but could have been Target. We don't know. We don't know. We don't know. Juxtaposed with her parents' house, which looks modest in comparison to the couple's extravagant lifestyle. And people began to comment immediately that she should have moved her family out of that house saying things like Steve couldn't get them a bigger house or you could have upgraded that house for your parents. And this is where Mind Your Business Ministry comes in to play because Marjorie took the time, though she didn't have to, to reply and let them know that her father built that house with his own hands and that the idea of having him move would almost be just unbelievable and probably slightly offensive to him. I want to know, can we rescue Marjorie Harvey. Can we rescue the people? Maybe maybe we need to rescue the people for not minding their business. What is this mentality? We have to ask ourselves, do we have a responsibility? Mm-hmm, go with me. To force our lifestyle on other people if our lifestyle begins to, to escalate or to be upgraded? I have a question. 
Christian says, stay out of folks' wallets. That's a beautiful, you know, that's a beautiful thing. You know, they were dragging her for the way her parents were living. And that's why I think that we should be able to rescue her pretty easily. Because like, because first of all, mind your business, you know? And secondly, if that's where her parents want to live and she's happy and she's allowed us into her life, so how are you going to ask her some questions about how she's treating her parents? You don't know nothing. Can we? Can, I, I think this one is a no-brainer. But I would like to rescue Marjorie Harvey because I think the saints, Jemina does And what's she going to do? First of all, those are her parents and you got to respect your elders, okay? And if they don't want to move, you, what you going to do? You going to make them? My mother's got clothes that she had when she was pregnant with me and I want to throw them away so bad. But if she likes them, who am I? I love it. Girl, you're slaying. Do you, boo? Like, if you are in a position where you think that you know better for someone else's life, you cannot assume that that has to be taken as their truth because you don't know the ins and outs of what's going on in their in their life. Hmm. Can we see? Can we? Child. Hmm. Cameron says, people are constantly counting other people's money. We don't know the whole backstory. Mind your business. Shannon says, Marjorie, get all the rescues. My grandparents also built their house from scratch and would roll all the way over in their graves if we ever thought about tearing it down. And Christian says, what's so sad is half the people comment and probably aren't taking care of that taking care of their parents. And that is a word because honey, do you take your parents a sandwich? Do you take them a meal? Do it on your level first. Okay. Before you start judging how other people are doing, I think we're going to be able to rescue her. No problem. Miranda says, those are her parents and we must respect our elders. And Shahala says, yes, let her live her life. I love it. Listen, I don't know, child. I think social media has such a mob mentality. Let me tell you about social media, which I love. I use, I'm on social media right now. The only problem is that when you are on social media and someone allows you access to their life or to their way of living, it does not give you full access to just ask and say whatever, And I think that we have to really be mindful of that. Like, even if someone is on reality television show, like, that doesn't mean that we get to ask them all of the ins and outs of their personal life. Your experience of me is only limited to what I reveal to you. If I haven't revealed it, it's none of your business. And if it's none of your business, you just got to be okay with that. Now, I will say that there, listen, I got a message and I love her and I'm going to reply. I forgot. I'm going to reply. But somebody sent me a message and um, they were asking me, because on one of the episodes I talked about us being a blended family and how I have a good relationship with my bonus kid's mom. And she, you know, and she didn't mean any harm because I I messaged her back because I I did. That's who I am. But she was like, yeah, you you know, I just listened to that podcast episode. How's your husband's relationship with your children's? fathers. And I didn't answer the question. (laughs) But what I did say back was like, I share a lot of my personal life in hopes that it will help other people, but it is still my personal life. So before asking a personal question, it is helpful to me to understand how me sharing that part of my life is going to help you process something that's going on 
in your life. And she totally got it and went into more detail about what she missed. So like this, we ain't beefing. We don't have no beef. But what I am saying is this, like just because I share some of my personal life doesn't mean that all of it is out. People ask me questions all the time. How come you don't post no pictures? Uh, you don't post enough pictures of the kids. How come you don't post pictures of this? How come you post? Because child, I'm posting what I can post when I want to post it. Okay, I don't never come on your social media and tell you why you ain't post no pictures of me. Because I'm obviously a very important part of your life because you're asking me these questions. All right, that was a read. That wasn't right. That wasn't right. That was a read. But I do want to tell people sometimes, like, listen, you all up on my social media. Somebody told me that when I smile, my eyebrows go up. I need to start relaxing. Child, these eyebrows been on my whole face for 30 years, my whole face for 30 years. And ain't nobody ever told me what to do with my eyebrows. I don't tell you what to do with your fingers. I don't... Okay, I'm going to calm down. I think Orange Theory has got me a bit worked up today. And I just need to, you know what? I just need to really... I just need to really bring it down, okay? I'm going to I'm going to bring it down. Because I just think that we have to mind our business. And so as it relates to Marjorie, I do believe that we are going to be able to rescue her because man, we don't understand the backstory. It sounds like we're making room on the helicopter, okay? All right. All right. We're making room on the helicopter. We love you here at the Woman Evolved Delegation and you slays. We see you slaying. And we understand that just because you have shared some things doesn't mean that you are sharing everything. All right. Praise the Lord. All right. Our next rescue. And once again, I had to tell you, it was hard for me to find folks to rescue. You know, for the most part, people have been minding their business and doing exactly what the Lord has called them to do in this season. And that's focus on themselves and their growth and their summer body and their hydration. But my next rescue that I would like to submit for consideration to the Woman Evolved Delegation. Hmm. I just want y'all to know the Woman Evolved Delegation is still on my read that I didn't mean to read. I took my glasses off, saints, Okay. All right, I took my glasses off. We're going to... Uh, Rosalind Ramirez brings up a good point that Marjorie has a private helicopter. So maybe we just going to drop a pin so that the helicopter can find her and we're going to move on because we got a public helicopter. Our helicopter, you got to have a bus pass and a few coins and a card to swipe before you get on, okay? All right. Let's see, child. All right, my next rescue is a basketball player by the name of Steph Curry who was recently put in the news because his mother had to get him together about his language. If you have not read this story, I want you to head over to womanevolve.com and I want you to check out the story. His mother recently told him that you need to wash your mouth out with soap. I guess that there was something happening in one of the games and he was caught screaming a profane word. Listen, we're not here to judge, okay? We're not here to judge what came out of his mouth. But what we are going to try to do is rescue him from his mama giving him a whooping because it sounds like she called him immediately afterwards and said, child, you need to wash your mouth out with soap. Can I tell you something? This is what I think. I say this all the time. I think that sometimes that this is a sign of good parenting. When you can still call your adult children and, um, you know, drop a seed down in their spirit. 
Now, you can't abuse that, okay, because there's balance here, right? So as a parent, you can't abuse your ability to, to still, um, you know, I don't want to say control, but to still strongly advise the way that your children should take. You don't want to abuse that because they are adults and they have to make their own decisions. But I'm telling you right now, if my parents call me, okay, if Bishop T.D. and First Lady Sarita call me right now and say, Sarah, you need to get off the podcast right now. I mean, I would have some questions, you know. But I'm probably finna log off. Y'all had to catch me next week or whenever they say I'm not grounded no more. And what I loved about this story, like, I do think we ought to rescue him, you know, you know, because his mama don't seem like she played. But what I do love about this story is that she has enough trust in the weight of her words that she could say something to him and he be out here correcting things now. Mm. Can we? Eugenia says, Mama Curry wasn't playing, okay? Alice says, throw him in the life raft ASAP before Mama bring out the bat. We just trying to keep him from getting a whooping, okay? I don't know. He can be like our little brother. Ooh, Miss Fit Mom, Lisa Griffin says, no, we can't rescue him. Ooh, intriguing. Can someone explain to me why we can't rescue him for this? Marie says, rescue him. He respects his mother's feelings. I love it, okay? I, I do. I love that she could even pick up the phone and that he will tell you, like, listen, my mother said something. Curry made a statement to ESPN. He said, she's right. I got to do better. I can't talk like that. Child, I need to understand. Miss Fit Mom said, our children are watching and idolizing him. That's why we can't rescue him. I see what you're saying. I, I see what you're saying. And if I could just offer another, just another perspective, and that would be like, yes, our children are idolizing him. And yes, he said with his own mouth that he's got to do better. But I think what our children also have to see is that you can fall and get back up. See, I think that sometimes we make being a role model so much about presenting this perfected version of who you are. When I I think for me, what has made a lot of people connect with me as a role model is that like, I'm not trying to make you believe that I'm anything other than I am. Like I mess up, I work out five days straight and then I eat Chick-fil-A. Sometimes I'm insecure. Sometimes I don't feel qualified. And so I stand up and I do it anyway, because I believe each and every day that as I try that God blesses my effort and I try to be authentic because here's the thing. If we do not show the weakness in our journeys, then when our children are in our own positions and they start to feel weak, they're going to think that there's something wrong with them, not realizing that this is a part of the process. Zola says no rescue for him. Kanye needs a rescue like that. Child, we we tried to rescue him. Huh? We tried. We tried to rescue Kanye. It was hard. It was a long week when I tried to do that. Natalie says, we all say stuff we shouldn't say sometimes. Do, show do. If y'all had a camera on me 24-7, child, somebody would be extremely disappointed. I don't know. That's just me. I'm just saying. If y'all ever come to Orange Theory, whoo, I don't ever know what's going to happen when I'm at Orange Theory. That's why I'm always going to go to an Orange Theory somewhere where I don't think that people ever know who I am because I don't want the enemy to use my moment of weakness and pain to ruin my witness. All right, I'm going to leave it at that. 
I think we could rescue Steph Curry. Is anyone making room in the helicopter? Can we throw him a floaty? At least, Miss Fit Mom, are you still here with me? Can we throw him a floaty? Can we um, give him a life jacket? Janae says, rescue him. I'm sure we've all said some not so holy things. Who else says rescue him? Crystal Grant says, rescue him. The Lord has to rescue me from my once in a while outburst with my children. Child. I literally tell my children to not like mind their business, but like, it's not your business. I got to be careful because some of y'all going to be sensitive and tell me that everything in my life is my children's business. But sometimes they ask me stuff like, like, mom, what, mom, what are you going to watch on TV? And I say, I'm going to watch this new show that's premiering on ABC. It's called My Business. Try it out. You're going to love it. Brielle says, rescue him, please. We got to rescue him. All right, y'all, we are sending a helicopter for Steph Curry, even though he's going to wash his mouth out with soap and try to do better. We just want to make sure that he don't get no whooping child. That's it. That's it. Okay. Lanisha asked me, do I be up in the Orange Theory cussing? Says, no, I don't cuss at the Orange Theory out loud for people to hear. But because I am a work in process in my head, I'm not always quoting scriptures at Orange Theory. Hmm. How's that for truth? In my head, in my head, I'm talking about in my head. Now I'm being renewed, okay, and transformed by the renewing of my mind. But in my head, sometimes when they ask me to do things in the weight room, the first thing that comes to my mind is not always the scripture. And that's why I have to transform my mind. And I say, child, <laughs> I say, child, that wasn't what you were supposed to say in your head. And so I had to tell, I had to say, you, child, have y'all ever heard me talk about Eve and Mary? It's the whole point of Woman Evolve. Eve knows better, but don't do better. And every now and then, Eve just pop up on me at Orange Theory. And and I just be like, Eve, girl, I didn't even know you had a membership. I'm trying to be Mary. Mary did the right thing and she birthed divinity and, and God was able to shine through the life of Mary. I'm trying to be Mary at Orange Theory, but Eve has a membership. Who even knew that Eve had a membership? And Eve shows up at Orange Theory. And in my head, in my head, Eve, Eve says things. Okay, that's all right. This is my truth. Okay, if I'm your role model, I want you to know this is the role I play is Eve and Mary. I'm crazy. It's two of us down in here. And and I don't ever know which one of us is going to pop up at the Orange Theory. Okay, I'm just telling you, that's my truth. There it is. Boom. How you like it. All right. So you can rescue me and you can rescue Steph Curry. And it sounds like, well, we Margie's going to get on her private helicopter. But me and Steph Curry going to be on the helicopter because I just told y'all my truth. Okay. That's all I'm saying. Latricia says, Eve knows better, but don't do better. Mary does better. That's hello. All right. Hello. That's all I'm saying. Okay. And Eve is with me all of the days of my life. And I am warring with Eve. Brittany Sweat says, I cuss all the time in my head when I work out. Still working on it. We still working on it. When are you Eve? Are you listening on the podcast? Are you watching on Facebook Live? When does Eve pop up in your life and you have to say, Eve, you're going to have to do better, okay? All right. Alexis says, Orange Theory that made me hype today. You ain't never lied, okay? You ain't never lied. I am a little hype today. But I want to know when does Eve show up in your life? My girl said, Eve shows up in traffic. Eve shows up on me at Orange Theory. Where else does Eve show up in my life? 
Um, Eve shows up anytime I start having carb overload. I'd be like, Eve, girl, you know you don't need to eat them french fries and cake. And Eve be like, but you only have one life, girl. Go for it, okay? Nikki says, Eve comes up when I'm driving. Octavia says, Eve comes up when my students come at me totally wrong. Girl, because people be trying to take your salvation for granted, okay? All right, Familio says, Eve is still a queen. I just feel we are disrespecting her. Girl, I love Eve. Girl, this is my whole life is about rescuing Eve. That's why we have this podcast. I got this revelation, right? Check it. Hear me real quick. All right. So um, in the Bible, you know, everybody want to be Ruth. They want to be Sarah. They want to be Mary. They want to be Esther. Nobody wants to be Eve. But the reality is that most of us are more like Eve than we want to recognize. And until we can see the beauty in being Eve, we can never behold the the purpose of being Mary. I got a whole word about it. I'm not trying to drag Eve. I love Eve. Eve should have done better, but she didn't do better. But that's all right because his grace was sufficient. So when does Eve pop up in your life? Okay. Latricia says, heated fellowship with my husband. Come on, Eve. I know that's right. I had to tell Eve that we don't argue no more like we used to argue because you got a man that loves you and honors you. So you don't even have to do that. All right. Ebony says, when I don't get my food, Eve pop up. Eve be like, girl, you know, I'm hungry. Is anyone else like that? My whole attitude just be like wrong when I don't eat. If I'm ever tired or I ever don't eat, just so you know, I'm finna be Eve all day. I want to get shirts made that says Eve is my homegirl. Because, listen, you need a little Eve. Let me tell you why you need a little Eve. Because Eve is the only woman in the Bible who went toe-to-toe with the enemy and came out on the other side. Now, she was bruised. Her heel was bruised. But she went toe-to-toe with the enemy. Eve got some fight in her. Eve got some some fire down on the inside. You need Eve. You just got to control Eve. And that's what I'm spending my life trying to do. I'm trying to control Eve. I'm trying to tell Eve, you got to be like Mary. You know, you got to learn how to maneuver these different situations, Okay. Anisha says, Eve is here right now at this job. Pray. Ladies and gentlemen, let's stretch forth our hands towards the direction. Are you north, south, east, or west? We don't know, but we're going to just cover in a circle everywhere and say, Lord, bless Anisha to help her control Eve. Okay. Cherry says, you need Eve when folks be trying to ask me about my man, Mind Your Business Ministries. Do you see what I'm saying? All right. We're rescuing Steph Curry, we're rescuing me. I wasn't even on the list, but I've inserted myself onto the list by admitting that Eve be popping up on me and I love her, but I also got a controller, okay? Liviana says, I'm Eve 24 hours out of the day, 365 days out of the week, but I'm still trying to be a Mary under God's construction. Ain't we all, child? Ain't we all? Okay. Brandy says, when my sleep is interrupted, Eve comes out. Can we talk about that? Don't wake me up. My bonus daughter was telling me a story about her being on the plane and the flight attendant waking her up. Like after she already told her sister that I don't want to be awakened, the flight attendant said, well, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And she she probably did better than I would because Eve would have not. Eve don't know how to process that. Lanisha Hammonds, before I move on to our next rescue, she asked me, what about the Kendrick Lamar story? For those of you unfamiliar, Kendrick Lamar was doing a concert in Alabama and he invited a young concert goer on the stage. When he invited this young concert goer onto the stage, she began to rap with him. 
And what started off as probably a once in a, a lifetime opportunity became a once in a lifetime nightmare because my girl, um, who was of European descent, Caucasian, she was white, started um, rapping the N words in the uh, in in the lyrics on the microphone. And I wanted to make Kendrick Hail Mary because I felt, or Hail Joseph, because I felt like he handled it well. But it sounds like Lanisha may want us to rescue her. And I didn't feel like fighting with the Woman Evolved delegation on today, which is why I didn't bring her up in the story. Because, but but I'm going to tell y'all what I know, though. I'm going to tell y'all what I know. It's the same thing I told y'all last week about the This Is America Women's Edit video. I really don't know if they know any better. Huh? Uh, uh, because here, here, here's why, you know? Here's why I say that. And Lanisha, you didn't got me out here, and so I hope you didn't log out because I'm going to need you. Here's the thing. Um, so, so what I noticed is that is that she was saying it so freely that I don't think she thought anything was wrong with it. You know, I don't think that she thought anything was wrong with it. Um, I, I didn't add her on today's list, though, because, because I couldn't, because I didn't know what to do. I didn't know, I didn't know how to, I didn't know how to fix it, Okay. Uh, Brittany said she wasn't malicious in her saying it. She just got caught up. I do. I think she was excited. I think that she just started just just flowing. And when she started flowing, the thing just flowed on. It just flowed down to, no, it was in a bad place. So, yes, basically, my girl got excited and hype during her opportunity to perform with Kendrick. And as a result of her trying to perform with Kendrick, he ends up handling the situation very graciously. First of all, he cussed the song. He was like, wait a minute, you was doing all right until you said that one word. And so she had to, she had to, she had to fix it. Adele says we're not rescuing. So I tried. Actually, I didn't try. Lanisha put me in this situation. Lanisha, are you coming to the Woman Evolve Conference in Denver? Because if you come to the well, you're going to have to help me. Because I last week I drowned trying to save somebody, and I wasn't even trying to drown today. I went to Orange Theory. I felt my help coming. I was feeling strong. I wasn't trying to drown trying to save somebody else. Danielle says she knows better. Here's the thing. I just, here's the thing. And, and here's the thing. And I didn't want to fight with y'all today, okay? But, um... If she, well, that's the whole point of Eve, is if she knew better, why would she not do better? So maybe that does make her worthy of rescuing. But I really don't think she knew better. Don Simone says not rescuing her at all. See, the woman evolved, I don't know if you're listening for the first time. Perhaps this is your first time on the podcast. Perhaps it's your first time on Facebook Live. The woman evolved delegation, they, they're helicopters. They don't really, the Iman, my girl, says not okay, no rescue. Uh, Lucrecia, Lucretia, I want to say your name right. Don't hit, um, hit me. She said she was in the moment rescuer. Girl, you ain't never been in the moment. 
Because you know, obviously, that means she says it in the car, or she says it in the shower, or she says it with her friends. And maybe, oh, I feel a word coming. Okay, maybe God put her in a position where she would feel convicted about it so that she would think differently next time she did it. Sometimes you can get away with doing things because you're doing them in an environment where you won't be convicted. I feel a word. But if you ever mess around and do that same thing in an environment where you can be convicted, it may change the way you do it next time. Hmm? They can't find no air to blow up the floaties. Somebody said maybe a life jacket. Mia Bell agrees with me. She says, I don't think she knew better either. That's okay. Kim McCarter says, I don't think she should have been invited on the stage to sing a lyric to a song with the N-word in it. Perhaps, perhaps, perhaps. But you know... You know, maybe she, maybe some rules should have been shared with her before the microphone so that she could just have a minute to just, to just understand that I don't know how you sing it anywhere else, but if you're going to come on stage today, you're definitely going to have to avoid saying that. I don't know. I don't know, guys. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Okay. Jones says, can't be rescued, helicopter, full, life jacket, lost. Oh, child. No. Okay, it seems like no. Seems absolutely like a no. Christian says he didn't think that decision through. Exactly. You know, maybe not, or maybe he just assumed, and this is another word, you can't assume that someone lives their life based off of the same guidelines that you do. And so maybe they're operating under two assumptions. She's thinking to herself, he invited me on stage to rap the lyrics to this song. I know all the lyrics to this song. Let's go. Let's get it. And therefore she did it. And he's thinking, yeah, she probably know all the lyrics, but she also know the lyrics that she can't say. And that is why when doing life with someone, you got to make sure that everyone's got the same rules and the same goals. Otherwise, somebody going to end up hurt and embarrassed. Tamisha said, maybe we stop saying it. Think about it. That's all. Okay, but listen. All right. I didn't want to... Beloved Jasmine says, what was his reaction? See, I'll add this to the podcast so that you can't see it. Um, so so that you can see it, rather. I'll add it to the Woman Evolved blog. But um, he was like, you know, just don't say that one word. And then he allowed her to pick up again. But it was so awkward after that that he just ended the song. Okay. Um, Jessica says, save her. We all say things we shouldn't say. I mean, the crowd started booing her, but it probably broke a little heart and it was probably a valuable lesson for her. So I don't know. That's all right. That's it. Some people are, a lot of people are saying we should just eliminate the word altogether. Listen, child. Yes, Hope Gilbert says that word creates such a huge debate. It really does because like people are listening to it in music and then they can't say it. And and there are valid reasons why the people should not be able to say it. But then there's also valid reasons why they feel like they should. And they say the word shouldn't have any power and I wasn't using it that way. It does. It invokes a lot of issues, which is part of the reason why I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stay out of it. But I bet you what my girl did learn. I bet she learned a valuable lesson. I bet that the next time she is invited on stage with a rapper, that she will remember full hearted. I think anytime she utters the word again, she's going to remember the, the 
sh- the embarrassment, okay, and and the struggle of being on stage and that video going viral. Kim and Carter says she can be saved as long as she doesn't play victim. Well, she might like the girl at the barbecue. Child, I want that meat. Listen, if you're listening to this here podcast and you have the meme of my girl on the telephone at the barbecue, I need it. I want to paste it onto some photos of people in my life and I can't find it for who has the Photoshop plug. If you are the Photoshop plug, can you send me a transparent background of my girl on the phone because I need it. Okay. All right. So we had a, a spontaneous rescue with the girl from the Kendrick Lamar concert. My next rescue was going to lead us into what was the most watched event over the weekend, and that is the royal wedding. But before we jump into all of the feels and the goodness of watching Princess Meghan, uh, Duchess, excuse me, the Duchess, let me get her, let me put a title on it correct, okay? Before we move on over to the Duchess, we want to talk about um, Sabrina Dowry. I want to say her name right. Don't judge me. Girl, if you're listening, don't be mad at me. Some of you all may know her better as Idris Elba's fiance. Idris Elba's fiance was recently dragged via social media because of what she wore to the wedding. Some people suggested that it just lacked the class and that that just the the whatever. People who weren't even invited to a wedding. I don't think anybody at the wedding went up to her and said, girl, why did you wear that? Okay. I, I think that people who weren't invited to the wedding were projecting what they would have worn. She was Gucci from the head to the toe. Okay. And and some people who didn't agree thought to herself, thought to themselves rather, that it would be best if she would have worn something different. Now, what I am going to tell you is this. Okay. Them people was dressed up at that wedding. First of all, Y'all thought that Easter hats was just saved for black church. (laughs) Mm -mm. Easter hats must have originated in the UK because when I say my girls were dressed, okay, down, I mean, just they were dressed up. Okay. Anywho, but people had a problem. Now, listen, um, I don't know why she couldn't. What, What was the issue with her clothes? Can somebody, I put the story on the Woman Evolved podcast, but they they were dragging her outfit. I don't understand though, why? Somebody said her outfit was all wrong and the bag didn't help. Someone else said she came dressed like a Gucci. No, well, I'm not going to read that because that's not nice. Uh, I don't understand. Um, so, <laughs> Christian said she just saw the pic and she looked like she got her tax refund. This is what, listen, honey. Tess says her outfit was nice, but not proper wedding dress etiquette, wearing black and cream too close to white. And someone else said it wasn't appropriate for the occasion. Here's the, th- can we rescue her though? Because listen, I'm not going to lie. Like ha- what y'all going to wear to the royal wedding? You know, somebody said you're not supposed to, um, that they said you're not supposed to wear labels. I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't know. Like, can I just say this? Somebody said it was ghetto. I am really shocked and appalled by this. Is there anyone in the Woman Evolved delegation who can say, maybe I would not have styled her in this, but maybe she didn't know what to wear to a royal wedding. 
Monique says it wasn't that bad. It could have been worse. And being compared to everyone else, it was. Now, it did look different than some of the things that other people had on, but dragging the people, I just, I don't know what I would put on for the royal wedding. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Brandy says there is no excuse. He has money to have styled her properly. Tess, thank you, Tess. Tess Bryan says we can rescue her. I don't think she deserved to be dragged. That's what I'm thinking. I don't think she deserved to be dragged. You know, like to just be dragged for what she, I don't know. You know, I want to say that I was going to slay, but who knows? I don't know. I tell you what happened, though. I tell you what Idris said. Idris says, whether you rescue her or not, guess what? It's going down because I'm going to rescue her. Evidently, before she got dressed, she asked her man, how do I look? And her man said, you look beautiful. Let's go see Harry and Meghan. First name basis. Let's go see Harry and Meghan get married and make history. And she said, boom. And he gave a little fist bump. And then she said, I love you. And then he said something to the haters. Some wash your mouth out with soap to the haters. Um, here's the thing. Um, her man liked it and she liked it. And if her man liked it and she liked it, who are we? You know, who are we to say anything? I can tell you, it's been plenty of times that I was feeling bad about something and my man came through mm, in the late night hour and told me it was going to be okay. And it just does something to you. Is anyone, can anyone? I don't think she knew better. Shannon says, no rescue, not appropriate for the wedding. Okay. I just, I think we have to. I, I think we have to. I think we have to. Re- Listen, next time she gets invited to a royal wedding, she may wear things a bit differently. But what she was doing was sitting there at the royal wedding while I, while I was up at five o'clock with my... Do you know what I wore to the royal wedding? Since y'all want to drag people about the royal wedding, I'm going to speak my truth. I had a bonnet on, a, an African bonnet that I got off of Instagram that fits a little tight and leaves a band on my head. I had on some shorts that I got from Target. No labels there. Well, Target. Since it was royal wedding, we're going to call it fancy. And I had on a tank top and I didn't have no lotion on. So what I wore to the royal wedding, she outdressed me. What y'all wear to the royal wedding? Hmm? Hmm? What y'all wear? Okay. She outdressed me for the royal wedding. That's what I do know. Jessica says there was no moral failure. She shouldn't even need to be rescued. I agree. Danielle says, let's rescue her. We can help with her own wedding. Yes, honey. And so just speaking about the royal wedding, can we just talk about it? Can we move into Hail Mary? Quinn says, how are we going to hate from outside the palace? We couldn't even get in. That's what I'm saying. I was raggedy for the royal wedding, okay? My daughter woke, first of all, okay, here we go. Hail Mary, royal wedding. Here we go. Um, What did it do for you on the inside? watching the royal wedding some people say they didn't care at all that's fine let us have our moment because i first of all y'all remember i told you i spent a bunch of time with the kids so that when i got home i could be left alone when i got home to be left alone uh i fell asleep pretty early here my daughter Mackenzie, who you all love i'm gonna have her on the podcast this summer so that you all can just begin to understand who Mackenzie is anywho Mackenzie came knocks on my door at 5 15 in the morning I said, child, 
why are you knocking on my door at 5.15? She's like, it's 5 o'clock. I'm like, I don't care what time it is. She's girl. She said, girl, the royal wedding is on. I said, oh, girl, come on. And so she hopped into bed with me and we watched the royal wedding. So I miss, you know, like her probably coming in and walking down the aisle. But what I will say is that what I did not miss was the look of love in their eyes. What I did not miss was that gospel choir singing a new song unto the royal family. What I did not miss was a, a reverend, Bishop uh, Curry, who who just decided that he was going to be himself. And I think we have to give it up for him. Because there are some people who said, you know what, I'm going to this royal wedding. I'm going to get me an English accent off of Amazon. I'm going to have it delivered prime, and I'm going to go in there, and I'm going to be fancy. Bishop Curry said if they wanted me to have an English accent and to act like I was a Brit, they would have gotten a Brit with an English accent. But you know what they want? They want me right from Chicago. And Bishop Curry stood there flat-footed. He didn't care about them candles. He didn't care about their feelings. He didn't care about their orchestra. What he cared about was what God had placed on his heart to say. And he said it the way I believe he probably says it every single Sunday. He said, you know what? This is love. But let me tell you what real love is. And he showed up and I do believe also showed out. Iman says he was so lit. Yes, he was. That's I noticed that pretty early on, you know, uh, pretty early on, I thought, wow, he's lit. And I thought maybe it was a temporary lit, but it was a permanent lit because he stayed lit for all 13 minutes, okay? Natalie wants to know, what do you all think about the British royals who don't know what to do with the blackness? Child, well, I think that they do. I think they're trying, you know? You know, I think they're trying. And I think that what we saw demonstrated in the wedding and what we see demonstrated in the pictures is just the reality of effort, you know? Bishop Michael Curry was like, hey, while I got y'all here, I'm finna let y'all have it. Where y'all going? Nowhere. Oh, yes, Christy. That is exactly that. Where y'all going? Nowhere. You finna be sitting right here listening to me give you this good gospel. And I want to tell you about a man named Jesus. Do you know about him? Do you know about slavery? Do you know about blackness? I, I, I saw Lord. Lord did mention that the royal family was laughing. They was tickled. They were tickled. They were tickled. Um, I don't know why they were tickled, but they were tickled. But they sat through it. And he had a word. You know, when it all, after all is said and done, he did. He had a word. And as a result of his word, I think that we just felt like, you know what? This is a part of our culture, too. There's a story, I think, on the New York Times, just about just the, the, the multicultural dynamic of the wedding. Can I tell y'all who's my friend, though, in my head, who I don't know at all? Uh, I really loved her while sitting there watching the wedding. Doria Ragland, the Duchess mother, I I really, I'm here for her. I'm here, first of all, she's gorgeous. She's just queenly and regal in her own right. And she looks amazing. And she was there to hold her. Da- oh, I feel a word coming. She was there to hold her daughter down in that moment, the way she has been holding her daughter down since the way she entered into this world. She was there holding her daughter down. And let me tell you something like you just 
not everyone is blessed with someone who's going to hold you down like that. But if you are ever blessed with, I want you to call somebody, send them a text message right now. And I want you to just thank them for holding you down because her mama was like, listen, whether we are in Compton or sitting at the palace, I am your girl. I got you. And her mother stood there and all of her beauty and elegance and loyalty and regalness and her nose ring and them dreads and was like, but I'm also going to be myself in the process. And see, this is the thing. Because someone would say, someone could try to say like, oh, she has a nose ring. That's not how she's supposed to look. And oh, she's got dreads. She needs to not have dreads. She needs to do something different with her life. And you know what? I think that that the only reason why certain things are stereotypically wrong is because you haven't seen the right person do it. Because there are some things that I could put on and some things that someone else could put on and we could look like two different people. You know why? It has nothing to do with the clothes. It has nothing to do with what I have on and everything to do with who I am. And that same confidence and 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 just oh, what is that? Feels like more than confidence. That same self-assurance about who you are just shows up no matter where you are and what you have on. She looks just as much of a queen when we saw her in a picture. She was in the street somewhere with a yoga pad. She still was looking like a queen. And I just want to just just give it up to Doria Raglan. Of course, we want the Duchess to have her props. Of course, Prince Harry and, and the royals and everybody showed up. But for me, my Hail Mary is for Doria Raglan and Sarita Jakes, and for every other woman who has decided to be herself in every arena, in every field, and to not let what people think she should be determine who she's going to be, okay? Monique Berkeley says, it's knowing you belong where you are. You ain't never lied. That's exactly what it is. It's more than just confidence. It's this idea of anywhere God puts me, I'm supposed to be in this room. And because I'm supposed to be in this room, my head is held high. I'm sitting here shining. My face is properly moisturized and I am still myself because he didn't call, uh, uh, you know, queen, the mother of the duchess, to come. He called Doria Raglan, who raised a queen. All right. That's all. Mm. That's all I got. Jimerson said, I watched over and over and the look on the people's face was priceless. That's that it, it was priceless. Um, but Tracy says she truly defied the moment. She really, really did. Tony says, yes, Hunty, you should never try to fit in, but stand out. And she stood out. She did, but she didn't stand out in this obnoxious, like boisterous way. She stood out just in her authenticity. And God, I pray, God, for every woman listening to this podcast, may we stop trying to stand out for our assets or our accolades or our wealth, but may we trust so much in who we are, exactly where we are in that moment, that we stand out as a result of loving ourselves and believing that we are right on track and in exactly the right rooms. I want to speak that over my sisters. I want to speak that over the women listening to this podcast. I just want you all to just own who you are in every moment, okay? That's it. That's all. So that Hail Mary is for Doria Raglan for the royal wedding. Shaylin says, child, she said I was breaking up. Monique Berkeley says that melanin and grace showed up and showed out. South Africa is logging out. They said it's 11 o'clock and they are going to bed. We love you, South Africa. We'll holler at you next week. 
Okay, so yes, Doria Raglan for all of her just amazingness. There's another Hail Mary that I think is worthy of us just just giving a big ups to. I want you to go to womanevolve.com slash podcast. And I want you to see this story of a drunk driver who speeds off with a nail salon owner clinging to the trunk of the car because they had not paid their bill. I, I need you all to see this story. There's a story of a woman who was hanging on to the back of a car after a customer tried to leave for not paying their bill. And as a result of them trying to leave for not paying their bill, she climbed onto that car. She said, you're not about to just pull out on me, pull off while I'm in the middle of trying to take care of my services after I've taken care of your services. And as a result of that, she she tried to keep the car from backing up. And when she couldn't keep the car from backing up and the car tried to run her over, she climbed onto the car and was hanging on by the trunk. Now, I have to tell you, I'm not I'm a gangster kind of, but I'm not that much of a gangster. Do you know that this lady hung on to the back of the car for like half a mile? For like half a mile. Sierra says, honey, she rode that car like she was Batman. I want to give her a Hail Mary. Um, I don't know, like, of course, like, there are some dangers involved with just hopping onto a moving vehicle. But she says, listen, I'm a small business owner. I am doing the best that I can. I have invested my time and my resources, and you are not about to just get over on me. You guys have to see this story. I put it up on the podcast. There's a video of it. The She hopped on the car. I, don't, I just, I don't... Kim, she has to get a Hail Mary because you're about your coins, but are you really about your coins? She held on to mm, the faith, the faith that it takes to hang on. Eugenia said she was holding on like God's unchanging hand. Do you hear me? She hung on to that. She still, you ain't lied. Sierra said she kept her surgical mask on, honey. She said, because I am going to be by the by this exhaust. And while I'm sitting on this exhaust, no weapon formed against me is going to prosper. Latricia says we can give her a Hail Mary. Is this up for debate? I'm just, listen, I just, I can't imagine it for myself personally, but I had to give her some props. I had to give her some props for that. Monique says she gets to hell everybody, not just Mary, okay? Just everybody. I would have been like, you know what? You got me for that $40 manicure, but you ain't going to never get me again. I'm going to put your picture up, and we just going to know that you don't pay your bills. But girl was like, no, I'm about to get that money on today. And she did. I don't know if she, what I do know is, see, and let me tell you. Now, my girl um, who was responsible for not paying her bill ended up getting a $15,000 bond. I feel a word coming. You thought you were trying to get over on me. And because you thought you were trying to get over on me, now you are more in the hole than you would have been had you not tried to get over on me. That's a word that ought to free somebody right now in this moment. Somebody has been trying to get over on you and you have been trying to do the right thing and try to let things go. But I just want you to know that they think they're getting over on you. But in reality, when it's all said and done, they are going to be further in the hole than had they just done the right thing by you. Mm. Now, I just preached a little. I think, did anyone, did anyone catch that word? Did anyone, mm, 
KD says that should have really been a by Felicia moment. Yeah, I agree, possibly, but she she didn't. Gina says, I received that. She received that word. Somebody else said, amen. That's all I'm saying is, listen, you think you got over on me, but when it's all said and done, you $15,000 in the hole over $40. Now, who who the fool now? Who is the fool now? They got the word, and it seems like we're going to be able to just give her a Hail Mary. I, I just... I, if y'all see the video, you'll see why she's Hail Mary. I literally would have been afraid. It wouldn't even cross my mind to hop onto the back of the car. I, maybe I would have stood behind the car like, oh, you're going to have to run over me. And when they started backing up, I would have moved on out the way. I'd be like, cool, you got it. You won. You won. You won this time. But I don't know that I would have hopped on that car. And so I think that she is worthy and deserving of a Hail Mary. All right. I've got a hell Joseph for you. This is Daryl Kelly. Daryl Kelly is a local man who graduated with advanced degrees from two schools on one day. What are you doing in your life? What are you possibly stressed about? Daryl Landon Kelly had time, had little time to bask in the honor of his graduation from the University of Cincinnati College Law on Saturday because he had to turn right around and head to the Northern Kentucky Convention Center in Covington because he was also receiving his master's, his MBA, from Xavier University. Ciao. Two degrees in the same day. I don't have one degree at all. And my guy is out here, hell Joseph, for him because he messed around and got these two degrees. I think he is worthy of a hell Joseph because, listen, the kind of work that you have to put in in order to receive those types of, you know, accomplishments are are beyond my comprehension. But I do think that there is something to be said about this being a story that circulates. He's an African-American man at a time where there's such... Um, just such exploration about the difficulties and challenges that exist for African-American men in today's society. He is defying all statistics and all odds by graduating from law school and with an MBA in the same day. I tell you something, like a lot of times uh, we see, you know, Black men who end up in, you know, the criminal justice system because they take their ingenuity and innovation and they use it for things that aren't always you know, beneficial to the community. But I do think that we have to learn as a community to recognize that that the ingenuity is not wrong. The innovation is not wrong. It's just the direction that it's pointed in. So we have a responsibility to make sure that stories like this are highlighted and that they continue to just circulate in our community so that we can see you can take that same hustle that you use in an arena that ended up putting you maybe in a challenging situation and pointed in the proper direction and yield Literally historical, newsworthy results. I'm just saying. Denise says he is awesome. Alexis says, but can he put one of those degrees in my name now? Can you not be so stingy? All right, Daryl, you did the work, but share the wealth with some of us. We just need one degree. You can have, which one you want, girl? I'm going to see if we can get it. That's all I'm saying. Robin says, yes, he is. Hell, Joseph. Brittany Thomas says he was a professional student. No way he had a job. Praying his degrees support him way beyond what he's invested. Yeah, but what if he was working too? 
if he was working and going to school, I don't, that's, let me tell you who he said though. He says, it's time for me to stand and leave the nest. His mom instilled in me all these tools and has guided me for so long. And she's done it all as a single working mom. His mama probably said, go honey, as far as you can, I'm going to hold it down for as long as I can. And when you get up, shake this world up. Okay. And that worked. Hail Joseph to our guy, Daryl Landon Kelly. Crystal Grant says, I couldn't imagine. I just graduated with another BA, separated mama of five, working full-time. But that brother, I gave, well, girl, you better give yourself some props too. Listen, we're going to give him some props, but we're going to give you some props as well. All right, Daryl Landon Kelly is our Hail Joseph. And uh, man, I've got two more stories. I don't even know if I'm going to be able to get to them because I've been cutting up and acting a fool all podcast long, but God's grace is sufficient. I'm going to just run them out real quick. My Hail Mary after Daryl Landon Kelly is Angela Amazing Bassett, okay, who just received a doctorate from Yale. And she got, she graduated from Yale with her bachelor's. I think she got another degree from Yale, her master's, and now she just got her doctorate. And I cannot think of anyone more deserving of having a bachelor's of fine arts than her because, honey, she has been acting since acting, been acting, and she has been showing up and showing up. I forgot for a minute that Angela Bassett wasn't actually Tina Turner. What's love got to do with it? Eat the cake, anime. When she was at Black Panther and they were calling her Queen Mother, she looked like she had actually went and sat under the Queen of England and the Queen of some tribe in Africa and had decided that she was going to be both of them. She stood there, her shoulders were square, her neck was held high, and she was just looking like the Queen Supreme, okay? I see Vanya calling her Auntie Angela. That's right. Angela deserves it all. She has just been doing the thing. So yes, Angela Bassett is our Hail Mary for receiving her doctorate. And lastly, child, lastly, the Obamas. The Obamas just signed a multi-year production deal with Netflix. I just, first of all, it's epic for so many reasons. Um, I guess when most people in their political careers and then end up staying involved in some capacity in politics, they have decided to use their influence and to use their cultural awareness and to really begin to create art and content that is a reflection of what they believe to be just our real authentic experiences and the possibilities that are available to us. I really do think that there are moments where you will not be able to reach someone through politics or you won't be able to reach them through a church service, but there is an opportunity through entertainment. You bring it right to them in a digestible form and it still allows for their mind to perhaps be awakened to a different way of life and a different way of thinking. So I just wanted to give it up for them because they did not allow their influence to end when their term ended. Mm. I feel something bubbling down in my spirit. They didn't allow their influence to be over because an opportunity was over. They didn't allow their talent and their creativity and the gift that they have to offer the world to end just because an opportunity ended. 
As a matter of fact, they recognized and realized that part of the reason why they were even in that opportunity is because of who they were before they entered that opportunity. And that's why you don't ever have to be afraid about an opportunity ending if you realize that I didn't get here just by happenstance. I got here as a result of what I did on the inside to become who I am. And even when an opportunity is over, whether it's a marriage or a business or or a school opportunity, that the same thing that got you into the door will open another door for you. And they still out here doing it, okay? Robin says, the Obamas are not done inspiring us. That's right. Moving forward says, okay, yes, Obama's still doing it. <laughs> Latricia says, forever my president. And Robin says, their work is not finished and I can't wait to see what they do. I totally, totally agree. Alexis says, amen, I needed that word. It is a word. The opportunity... The opportunity is not the promise. The promise is who you are or who you will become as a result of the opportunity. You see what I'm saying? Mm. The opportunity is not the promise. Uh, God, I need a house is not the promise. God, I want the car. That's not the promise. The promise is who you are going to become as a result of pursuing certain opportunities. So... I really want you guys to put that down in your soul. It's not about the position. It's about the process and who you become in it. And so, yes, big ups to them, to the Obamas, for for what they're doing to continue to inspire us. All right, child, you know the show is coming to an end when we start moving to the advice column of the show. And there are just two questions that we have this week. If you're wondering how you can send me a question to be read on the show, I want to encourage you to go on Instagram and slide in my DMs. Now, I have to warn you, I get hundreds of DMs a day. However, there are a few that often pique my interest and curiosity. And I think to myself, self, the Woman Evolved delegation needs to chime in on this one. Having said that, my first question came in yesterday. Actually came in on Thursday. Chad, I lied. Okay, this came in on Thursday and it says, Hey, First Lady Roberts, Sarah, girl, I need some advice. Chow, we friends in my head. Anyway, what is your opinion on church changes? My family and I have been members of a church for the past nine years. Relationships and friendships have been built there. However, recently there have been lots of leadership changes as the pastor and his wife are going through a divorce. It has become hard to worship there and get a prayer through, so I ask for a leave of absence to clear my mind and hear from God as to whether or not we should stay or go. In the meantime, my family and I have been visiting another church. We are enjoying it and see opportunities here that our current church does not offer. Should we stay or leave? I'm praying, but I feel like we need to decide so we are not in limbo. What's your advice? Listen... This question I picked because I have a personal connection to it, obviously, because my pastor and I, my husband and I pastor two churches in Denver and Los Angeles. And though I was raised as a PK, I think that as we have begun to really lead churches, that I have grown, I have grown tighter and more connected to a lot of our members. And I think that one of the things that I am constantly challenging myself to do is to not is to be in relationship without ownership as a leader. Because I 
have to recognize that at the end of the day, that everyone is on a journey and what feeds them in one moment may not feed them for the rest of their life. And the reality is that when God created this idea of the church through Jesus, it was not you know, the Potter's House of LA. It wasn't the Potter's House of Denver. It was the collective body of Christ operating and functioning and governing together. And I think because people are involved, of course, you're going to get human, you know, dynamics of ownership and exclusivity that can make church sometimes feel like a country club. And so I'm constantly challenging myself as people feel called to go to different churches or called to to explore their spirituality in different ways, to not make them my sheep when God just called us to tend to the flock. And so to answer your question, you know, I think that you have to have your relationship with God become so tight that you're able to get a clear answer about what your next move is supposed to be. You know, I understand the sense of loyalty when you've been somewhere for a long time, and maybe it is just a sabbatical. But I think to be freed from the idea of... If I'm not being fed, I still have to stay because this is where I'm supposed to be. Because at the end of the day, you know, like your ultimate goal here on earth is to continue to evolve and grow and to change until you become more and more like Christ. And if you cease to be able to have that level of growth and stretching uh, in one environment, it may be time for you to at least experience like you're doing different places. And maybe it is just for a season. Maybe it's until the dust settles. You could be at one church this week and then go back to your church and feel like, you know what, now I'm being fed here. But I do think that I just wanted to, as someone in leadership, just say, you know, you I want you to be where you feel called. And that's where we tell people all of the time in our ministry. And even on our staff, you know, I want you to be where you feel called, because if you feel called to the anointing that's on our life, if you feel called to what God is doing through our ministry, then we know that you can withstand the spiritual warfare that comes as a part to be as a part of being connected to us. But if you don't feel called, you can be tossed to and fro at any given moment. And so I think that whether you are in her position where you're wondering whether or not you should leave or you should stay, that it has to come down to God, where am I called? Where do you want me stationed in good times or bad times in confusing times or stressful times? God, let me know where I feel called because if God has called me to this anointing, it's because there's something in this anointing that I need to produce what he had in mind when he formed me in my mother's womb. And so if you don't feel called, you have to go where you feel called and you have to trust that God is going to make that release, even though it's going to be changed and different, that he's going to make on the other side of that release a version of you that you didn't think was possible. But you got to be called. But I'm interested to see what Facebook Live is saying about this because, man, you have to you have to really be you know, just conscious of where you are spiritually. And I think another thing is like when you leave because of a disappointment in leadership, that you have to be cautious to not believe that leaving the church is going to change or heal that disappointment. You're just going to carry it into another church and you're going to hold them 
to that same level of expectation, which I don't think it's wrong to expect something from your leaders. But I do think that if you think leaving is some type of retaliation, that you have to first assess how that failure or disappointment affected your own walk and relationship with God so that you can be a healthy part of another church. Because sometimes people leave and they become toxic in other environments because they never dealt with the poison that they received from wherever they were. I don't know. Candy says, first, I also think people shouldn't just jump up and leave their church home because the church is faced with challenges, certainly. And that's why I think being called makes all the difference. Because if I feel called, I feel called whether attendance is slipping. I feel called whether we're in the news. I feel called whether they're gossiping or rumors going around. Because I feel called, there's nothing that can shake me from from leaving, you know. And, um, and so it comes down to being called. Uh, but I want to hear what you guys are saying. Tisha says, include God in every thought process. Yes, it's tough, but you can't go wrong when he's leading. So true. Uh, Desiree says, it's a word. Let's see what else. Candy says, it's like any relationship. And I must add that the next church will indeed face some kind of challenge as well. People may find themselves moving from church to church. So, so true. That's why I wanted to kind of qualify it. Like, make sure that you're leaving because you can't be fed and not because you're hurt. And if you're leaving because you're hurt, I would first ask God to help you deal with the hurt during your sabbatical. And I think that once God gives you process and perspective on the hurt, that then you can make a decision about where you want to go next. Because otherwise, and it is just like any other relationship, otherwise you're going to go into that next church or that next relationship. And what you're not going to be asking for is to be fed and to grow. What you're going to be asking that church to do is to fix me heal me, make me feel better about what happened to me last time. And when we enter into any relationship, hoping that that person can fix what happened to us or to make us feel more secure after we've experienced trauma, we end up becoming disappointed over and over again because we took our disappointment and gave it to another person's hands instead of taking that disappointment and giving it to God. So I I know that was a little layered, but... I hope that that helps in some capacity. Go where you feel called. Go where you, or stay where you feel called. Stay where you feel like you're growing and stretching and exercising your love muscle, as my husband said on Sunday. Um, but a lot of that comes with just knowing yourself and knowing where you are. Okay, child. That was our first question. Uh, let's see. Uh, Andrea says, if you are not being spiritually fed and you can recite points of a sermon, is God speaking or is it just a recycled message? I think that you will know whether or not you're being spiritually fed by how your life and perspective is convicted and changed as a result of the message that you receive. Sometimes I'm convinced that people just like to come to church to clap their hands, but not to actually take those words and to go out and change their life. The most powerful parts of the message are generally not the part where we're all standing and clapping. The most powerful parts of the message are the thoughts that lead up to those moments. And those moments are awesome. Their praise breaks and and it's an opportunity for you to really, you know, fully open yourself up and to, to thank God for sending you a word. And so, you know me, I'm a church girl, so you know I'm not clown in the moments at all. But what I am saying is that you can tell the effectiveness of a sermon by how it changes your life, how it changes your perspective, how it gives you the strength and the guidance you need to overcome certain 
mental, emotional, and spiritual barriers or physical barriers that exist in your life. You know, that's all. That's all I got, child. Um, so that was my first question for the advice section. And my next question also came through on Instagram. And it's a good one, one that I think is going to help a lot of people out. Um, and it says, okay, hey, so I never thought I'd send you a message, but girl, I'm going through it. I'm in a loving, beautiful relationship with a man that truly has helped me see and seek my healing. I've been working through a lot of emotional trauma from my childhood and past relationships. Also, dealing with dissatisfaction with my career and lack of friendships in the new city I'm in. It's been taking a toll on us while I'm working on healing because I don't have much positive affirmation in the way that I used to in my old city. I'm just a bit negative and critical of him. It hasn't always been this way. When we first started dating, my personal life was better, so I treated him better. Basically, I don't know if I should stay in this relationship and continue to grow with him or if we should break up. Not sure if I'm ready to be in this committed relationship. I've been spending time with God and I heard, I didn't make you ready, I made you able. But I don't know if that's me talking or God, please help. Also, I'm moving into a much better space with being content and thankful instead of resenting all the work and lessons that I've been learning here. I think I've just been resenting all of the work and change I've encountered. I'm afraid that I'm pushing away a really good and God-centered relationship because of my fears, ego, and insecurities. Not sure what to do. So I really do think that, um, that this is something that we have to be conscious of as humans in relationship with other people. There are moments when life can become challenging and disappointing for us. And when they become challenging and disappointing for us, we can become resentful of things that are working well or distrustful in the things that are working well. And so I want to challenge you and anyone who is listening to recognize that if you think that your fears and ego and insecurity are standing in the way, that you can't allow them to drive the car. They're going to be in the car that is a part of life, but they can't drive the car because they don't have God's destiny in mind for your life. If I were you, I would have an honest, transparent, and vulnerable conversation with my partner. Obviously, he probably realizes that you have shifted and changed. And I think that every good and perfect healing moment comes from a place of honesty and transparency. And so I would first tell through an apology, the person who you're in relationship with, that I apologize. You know, maybe it's hard for you to do. Maybe you even have to help them (laughs) understand where you are by listening to this podcast. But I think to first say, um, I've had some changes in me the last few months, and I've really been trying to get to the bottom of what happened. I couldn't quite put my finger on it, but what I do know for sure is that it has affected my ability to be a healthy part of this relationship, and I am carrying with me some baggage and some emotions that I thought I was keeping on the inside, but I realize that they've been demonstrating in the way that we engage with one another, so I want to apologize, and I want to ask you to help hold me accountable and not allow 
allowing those emotions and feelings to really take control of our life and relationship. See, this is the part of relationships that very few people get to engage in because a lot of times we have surface relationships. And sometimes to allow another person the ability to hold you accountable to who you said you're going to be is... um. It takes a lot of vulnerability and it takes a lot of trust and it takes a lot of sensitivity on both parts. But when you are in relationship with someone, more than just, I want to watch movies. See, people want to be in relationships because they don't want to be lonely. And people want to be in relationships because they want to have someone to go to dinner with. And and all of that sounds good. But when you want to be in relationship because you want someone to hold you accountable to who God has called you to be, it changes. First of all, most of us going to log right on off, okay? Because I just want to have a relationship where I feel good about myself all of the time and not where I'm being challenged to grow. And a real authentic, beautiful relationship is when someone is holding you accountable. Listen, when I first got married and my husband started holding me accountable for things, I thought I was finna die. I thought, child, you're going to be all up in my business like that. You're going to be trying to help me figure out how to become a better parent when I've been this type of parent my entire life. You're going to teach me how to become a, a better woman or how to up my prayer game. Like, I don't know if I can allow you that level of intimacy But the truth is that I signed up to be married. And when I signed up to be married, I signed up to allow someone to invade the most personal parts of who I am and to challenge me to see things differently and to think on a different level and to grow and pray on a different level. And it's not always easy. And sometimes it means that they're going to reveal an insecurity that you didn't even know that you had. But you have to trust that their eyes mean well, that their heart is to see you prosper. And as a result of God, God granting them access to your heart, you can trust that you are headed in the right direction. And so I think, and this is for single or married people, trusting that your partner knows God and lives, not just knows God, okay, but that they honestly and truly live a convicted lifestyle can give you peace and assurance when you hand them over your heart. Because I need to know that when I give you my heart, that you're carrying my heart closer to God, not closer to my insecurities, not closer to my fears, not closer to that broken person I used to be. And so I want to ask you, in which direction is the person who holds your heart carrying it to? And what are you going to do about it? Are you going to be so afraid at the revelation of your fears and insecurities that you end up taking your heart back because you'd rather live in a shell and live with walls? Or are you so glad that someone carries your heart that you don't care that they're making you more broken or insecure? And ultimately, what are you going to do about it? I had to make a decision to say, you know, I trust you and I love you. And I know that you're not going to judge what you see or criticize what you see. I'm trusting that I can be honest and real about where I am and that you're going to help me and not judge me. And I think that if that person isn't doing that for you in your life, that you have to be willing to have that conversation too. You know, I want to see us be healed in our marriage. I want to see us be healed in our relationship. And I want to believe that we can do it together. And so I think that we need to make some serious changes about the way that we engage with one another so that we can start walking in the right direction. And that is to be a purpose-filled, love-filled, world-changing marriage 
in this earth. And girl, I don't know. I just don't want you to walk away from a God-centered marriage because you're afraid of the insecurities that are going to be revealed in the process of it. Because the truth is that you're going to get that in marriage. Anytime you let someone close, they're going to show you some brokenness that you may not see. And you got to trust that when they're showing you that brokenness, that they also see those whole beautiful, loving, kind parts of who you are. And because they see those parts, they want to challenge that area of brokenness to rise to the occasion of who you are. The only reason why someone would challenge you to change and to become better is because they fully believe in what they do see in you, that they believe that those broken areas can rise to that occasion. And so you know, it's a process. I've, I'm learning it and walking it out each and every day because every time a new insecurity is revealed, it's revealed behind a wall. And so deconstructing that wall that I built to protect myself so that I can become one in my marriage is, you know, a lifestyle that I'm committed to. And I sometimes have to remind Eve, hello, I have to remind Eve that that's what I'm committed to. All right, y'all. Femi says, great woman of God, this truth is liberating. Selena says, teach and help us who want to be true to ourselves." Mm. Tisha Davis says, that's deep. A relationship that you're expecting a person to hold you accountable to your purpose and potential in Christ. Child, can you imagine it? Can you remember when we was out here just looking for somebody to hold our hands and take us to Chili's to get a two for 25 special, not realizing that what we really should have been looking for is someone who would hold us accountable to the way that God God sees us, someone who would hold us accountable to our ability to be Christ-like, wouldn't you have chose so much differently? Okay. When you have chose so much differently, if you realize I'm not looking for a boo, I'm not looking for somebody to go to the movies with, I'm looking for someone who was going to help me birth what God placed down on the inside of me. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Who else, child? Desiree says, be willing to be vulnerable. And like, and I don't mean like vulnerable, like you get to make a decision. I mean, be willing to be vulnerable when someone like without your knowledge or permission starts peeking up under a childhood memory or peeking up under a rhythm and a routine and asking you a question that so disarms you that you immediately shut down. Instead, you're willing to be vulnerable and to dissect the way you've always done things to see whether or not that's going to work moving forward. That's all, child. Uh, let's see. Alexis says, you are such the right mentor. For oh, thank you, guys. I try not to read stuff about me because, all right. So listen, honey, those are my advice questions. If you want to send me a question, I want you to slide into my DMs on Instagram and shoot your girl a message. That way we can figure out how the Woman Evolved delegation can come together and help you. Jasmine says, oftentimes people think being vulnerable is bad. You'll actually find strength in vulnerability when it when it is done correctly. That's so true. And I think that strength and vulnerability in marriage doesn't mean that you walk away with this strength, but you walk away knowing that your marriage is stronger. When you can look at your partner and say, there's literally nothing off limits, you know, it, and if we discover it in the process, it's still not off limits. We'll have to work through it together. Like I literally, literally 
told my husband at one point, I'm like, listen, like, I love you. I want to grow. I want to become better. But I've been this way, this particular way for a minute. And so just because I may seem resistant or just because it may seem like I'm shutting down, it doesn't mean that I'm not listening and taking it in. And so I'm going to work on being more receptive. If you will just understand that I'm not shutting down, I'm just working through my own fears and insecurities. And, you know, he He's had some real serious conversations with me about like some of his fears and insecurities. And I had to realize to myself, like, this is him being vulnerable. It's just a walk. It's a journey. And you've got to give someone permission to come in and to help you become better. Imani says, a healthy marriage will challenge your comfort zone. So important to stay open to changing for the better with the person God has for you. Absolutely. All right, y'all. Okay, so... Before we go, before we go, you know I have to have a snack. It's not a full word. I'm not taking a text. I'm not asking you to get your notepads and take notes. But I do want to leave you uh, with just something to consider as you go throughout your week. Recently, I realized, of course, you know we've been really blessed to to just travel and share God's word and to to take on a lot of different responsibilities with the Woman Evolve Conference and even the podcast. Because, child, when I say every week is real, every week is real, and the kids and everything. And I've just been really, really stressed. And over this weekend, since I've had some time off, I really felt like, you know, I've been praying and just asking God, like, man, what's up? Well, who am I? What's going on? And I really felt like God told me, and I think he's perhaps saying this to someone else, so I want to share it with you. Everything that you attempted to do for 2018 has begun to really work. And you were so unsure of whether or not that it would work that you didn't set up the proper structure and system for it to be successful. And so now that you see that something is working, I need you to set up the right structure and tools for it to be successful. I I just think that that's an important message. I don't even know what to call it or how to truncate it. Maybe as I continue to talk it out, it'll come to me. But what I really feel like is sometimes we focus so much on, I'm just going to try. I'm just going to see what happens that we never think beyond and really begin to prepare for it to work. And I think that one of the things that I'm challenging myself to do as I move forward is to not just plan on trying, but to plan on succeeding. Because if I can plan on succeeding, I I can see beyond, let's just see what happens. And I can see, okay, and if it happens and when it takes off, this is what I'm going to do to support the growth attached to it. Um, Man, I don't know (laughs) how to explain it beyond that. Maybe I should have made it a meal so I could sit down and outline my thoughts. But I just feel like it's time for you to stop just seeing what happens and instead plan on really walking things out like it's already done. So, okay, I want to start a business. You know, okay, I started the business, but man, how am I going to designate staff? Can I really do the finances forever? Can I really control the inventory forever? What can I do to plan for success? Because you, you've got to be willing to free up space on your plate to create again. And you can't do that if you're playing every single role. 
Okay, this is an example. All right, here's my example. Okay, so like a single mom gets married. A single mom is used to doing everything on her own. Single mom loves the person she's married. She's going to bring that person into her life, but she doesn't make a plan on how the marriage is going to work, meaning she doesn't think about the finances. She doesn't think about the responsibilities, and therefore that person doesn't have a role in the grand scheme of things. What I'm saying is that some of you have made some life-defining decisions and some life-defining moments, but you have not planned on how you're going to incorporate those things into your pre-existing life. And you're stressed and you're frustrated and you feel like you're losing yourself. And I just want you to know that this is not you losing yourself. This is just you not planning to win. And if you're going to plan to win, you're going to have to get some structure and some boundaries and some tools. You know, maybe that's reading a book. Maybe that's literally just sitting down and separating in your life, whatever it takes, you just have to be willing to come into alignment with not just the idea that I'm going to try to walk on water, but Peter, how are you going to stay on the water? Peter, I know you said you're going to walk on the water, but I'm asking you, how are you going to stay? Can you build a house on the water? Like, what are you going to do after you've walked on water? You just want to stand on the water or do you want to jet ski on that water? Okay, maybe that was too far, but hopefully you get my point. Beloved Jasmine says, I'm writing a book. That's phenomenal. I want to challenge you, Jasmine, to think about distribution, to think about ways to to bring awareness about your book. Like writing a book is an incredible goal, but plan on your book succeeding. Plan on your book getting into the right hands and changing lives. Don't just have one goal. You know, like my, I'll give you a personal example. My goal was to start the store and the Woman Evolved store, you know, kind of took off and I only had a few little pieces and then I started getting more pieces and I realized that the infrastructure I had on the website would not support growth. And so I had to plan to really get better backend support for the website, for the store website. I had to plan to have better space for the store website, better, better tools and resources. I just didn't plan for it to be successful. I thought I would just try it out. And I did try it out and it worked. And you tried something and it worked. But now... We got a plan on it being successful because maybe the only thing that's keeping you from becoming the success that you have in mind is that you have not set up your life in such a way that you can actually grow. You've set it up only for you to try and eventually you'll experience burnout and eventually you'll be frustrated because you did not plan to succeed. Brittany Thomas says, plan to succeed. That's a word. Crystal Green says, love that book. (laughs) Brianna Lynn says, that snack was a meal for me. Come on, somebody. It's like a protein shake, child, okay? So before we head out, you know how we do. We got to take a minute and pray to thank God for this time together and to give us peace and control over Eve while we continue to move throughout our week. So God, I thank you for the opportunity to just be with your people in this way. You know, when I started this podcast, I had no idea whether there would be a place for a girl, a woman of faith talking about things happening in culture and in the news and to just share on this level. It seems so much different than anything I'd ever seen in ministry. But what I have learned through the process of doing it is that you bless who we are authentically 
And so, God, I thank you for planting this idea in my mind and for allowing it to resonate in the minds of the listeners. God, they've got ideas, they've got vision, they have goals that may seem weird or unorthodox for where they are and where they come from. And God, I just ask that you would give them passion, that you would give them confidence, that they would not be afraid or or fearful to manifest those dreams that are down on the inside of them, that they would dare to stand beautifully and authentically like Doria Raglan in the castles that you have prepared for them, and that they would do so just as they are unapologetically, recognizing that every step that they took in life led them into that room and that they are equipped and handled to master it with class and grace from you. In Jesus' name, amen. Child, there may be a chance that I am going to be in a city near you. Visit sarahjakesroberts.com and learn about whether or not you can see me in your city. Or if not, come check out how you can take this Woman Evolve party live and in the flesh in Denver, Colorado, July 13th through 14th. See you there.